Charles Thompson, a.k.a. Black Francis, a.k.a. Frank Black, pulls onto the road as we begin a three-day weekend of interviews that take place mostly in his car, cruising aimlessly through the pristine, open landscape of western Oregon, where he has lived in various spots for the last couple of years. The man who made his reputation with a blood-freezing scream singing about slicing up eyeballs, about grunting whores and waves of mutilation, is genial and chatty, but remote, particularly about his old band, the Pixies. Where was Doolittle, the monument of alternative rock that is the band's crowning achievement and biggest seller, recorded? Don't remember. What was going on in his life at the time? Band, girlfriend, whatever. All that is archaeology. Thompson has just turned 40 and is in his first few months of fatherhood, a happy and doting dad. His girlfriend, Violet, threw him a surprise birthday party down in L.A. the week before, with old friends and stars. Cool stars, not plastic surgery stars. We're talking Jack Black, Polly Harvey, they might be giants. And Thompson is still in the glow of it. He lives in Eugene for family considerations, but being in a quiet suburban corner of the earth, far away from the rock biz, or anything having to do with the Pixies, seems to suit him in his new life. He is like a great actor adapting to life offstage. The Pixies' music is distant indeed. The best and most enduring of it was recorded in the waning years of the Reagan administration, a time when alternative music barely existed as a market classification. But Thompson is not really so far removed from the band or the stage. A few months ago, just before the birth of his first son, Jack Errol, he returned home from the Pixies reunion tour, one of the most significant comebacks in rock and roll history. Selling out halls and sheds and festivals from Indio, California to New York City, from Saskatoon to Paris, it was highly profitable. When I first sat down with Thompson in New York at the end of the 2004 tour, he mentioned, with no excessive enthusiasm, that it was fun to be back playing Pixies songs with his old bandmates. But he was unequivocal about one thing. It's very nice to finally be making good money. Thompson, Kim Deal, Joey Santiago, and David Lovering well deserved their payday but they were also returning to claim a big slice of the rock history pie, one that had long been out of reach. As the Pixies, they have had a most unusual career. The archetypal college band, they were a not-quite-next-big-thing who played sold-out gigs everywhere they went and were festooned with critical praise, but were aborted while still young and still far from the top of the charts. Then a weird thing happened. Throughout the 1990s, their posthumous legend grew and grew, and they emerged as one of the most admired and name-checked bands of the decade of alternative rock. They became gods in absentia. With modest but steady record sales and a never-ending stream of tributes from other musicians, but a murky legacy that left no clear school of descendants, the Pixies represented a peculiar pinnacle of the art of rock and roll. 
They played bitingly melodic miniatures, little spasms barbed with noise and surrealistic lyrics. There was scant precedent for the prickly kind of pop the Pixies played, and their sound is recognizable on the slightest whiff. It's a series of opposing forces that fit together incongruously but exquisitely. A bouncy yet firm bass line, Deal called it boingy boingy springy, joined to a demented choir of punky guitars. Thompson's harsh primal scream beside Deal's coy and smoky harmonies. Explosive grating riffs in songs crafted from prime bubblegum. Behind it all is Thompson's songwriting, playful but also insular, inscrutable. Thompson is a master puzzle maker, and he has made no puzzle greater than Doolittle. Released in April 1989, it marked the midpoint of the Pixies' career and was their first to be released on a major label, Electra. <laughs> 